Jesus, I'm going to pray for us. Come on, let's give him praise. I only need it just to get through my message, but I want to give honor where honors do. And I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for Pastor Jurgen and Leanne that came over here. And uh, I can't give them enough credit. And I, I want to honor them today just because sometimes you may not really understand what a big deal presence conference is. Um, but for someone that's traveled with my bride to Australia for presence conference, to see what it's done in my life, to see the deposits that that conference has made, it's a Holy Spirit, faith-filled environment where you're gonna see radical things. And I can just encourage you, you don't have to jump on a 15-hour flight, spend thousands of dollars, even if you made it for one session, even if you drove down just to see what it's about, I promise you'll be blessed. It's in our city and I think that's phenomenal. Uh, because it's the fruit of actually our pastors. That is why Pastor Phil said, hey, if we're going to go anywhere, we're, we're going to go there. I, I see the fruit of that C3 San Diego church. And if we're going to bring C3 presence to any city, now how many know there's C3s all across America, but they came to San Diego for a reason? I feel like it's our burden. Come on. That we show up, that we go get an encounter. But I got a great word. Hey, listen, let me pray for us, and then we're going to do our declaration of faith, confession of faith for many of us, because I can't preach without it. Come on. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you that this is a timely word, that, God, you're stretching us, you're equipping us, you're enlarging our capacity, you're enlarging our territory. God, you're building courage on the inside of these men and women to be more bold than they've ever been. So God, I thank you for a Holy Spirit word today that saturates our heart, that expands our minds, that never leaves us where we've already been. But God, let us walk into something new today. Let this be a revelational word that transforms our hearts to be the people you've called us to be. And with that, everybody said, amen. Come on. All right, let's put this up. Yep. Here we go. We're going to read this together. And if you're new here, just read it. I mean, I don't even have time to go through it today. Ask your neighbor later, like, what the heck was that about? I figure every, you know, a lot of people watch the television, I mean the television, and we get brainwashed all the time. So if we're going to brainwash anything, let's start with the confession of faith. So let's speak this out. Come on, here we go. Today, I declare victory. I speak victory over myself my family, my future. The greatest days are ahead of me. I walk in your favor today, tomorrow, and forever. This year, all I do is win. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you. I feel better already. Come on. All right, you guys can take a seat. We're going to get into this. A couple weeks ago, literally, it's been not even maybe a week and a half ago, Incredible worship team, you guys are good to go. Thank you, John Day, the rest of you. My drummer, it's always good to have a Marine as a drummer. You just look back there, he's like killing the snare. And then when you want that double bass, it's good for you, it's good for you. It's always good. Are you single? Come on, he is. How do we have a Marine that's a drummer on a worship team single? Last week, I was hooking up keys. This week, I'm hooking up the drummer. Yep. Every week. We'll do it. So good. 
Come on, people come in here single. All the way. I remember when Amy was single. They met Jeff. Yeah. Now look, power couple taking ground, houses. I like it. So listen, about a week and a half ago, I got my bell rung. And then I got challenged to go read out of the book of James. And then I got my bell rung again. How many know it's good to get your bell rung? Yep, uh uh-huh, multiple times. And it's amazing how we all become, we can become complacent where we're at. And what happened was when I was doing this reading, I decided to do a little mini preach on this wisdom ladder that I got a revelation. And so I did it at uh, Nick's event, and literally I had the revelation the day before. So it was about as raw as you get. Well, since then, I've worked it out a little bit. Now I get to really preach it. That was a secular event just to business, entrepreneurs, people wanting to live a legacy. And I'm thinking to myself, and as much as I love that, you know who I want to be living a legacy are the people in my house that we get to do life with and shepherd with kingdom principles. And it, it biblically says the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And yet I have people that are hungry, willing to go after it in the marketplace. And yet sometimes in church I find out Christians get complacent and we just get so, I don't know, beat down about life. We just, we forget that thrill and that passion. I'm thinking to myself, how can I go to an event where these people are so passionate and yet in my own house, what's it take to spark to get these same people? And we're all in the marketplace, whether you know that or not. We're out all doing life, but God wants to elevate us, stretch us, and I really felt like this word was from a church, and I worked it out at Kingdom, I mean at Legacy Builders, but... Today, I'm going to read out of James, and then I'm going to give a practical little dive into James because I need some practicality, and then we're going to talk about some Holy Spirit presence laid on top of it. How many are ready for that? Some of you. Some of you. Okay. All right. Thank you, Scott. I saw you up there. Mostly, I just saw your biceps, but I see the rest of you. Very pretty. Not just a pretty bicep. Powerful man of God. So I'm going to read... Uh, out of James 1, 5 through 8 in the Passion Translation, and I'm going to give you the one that we all um, pretty much have read, either whether it's out of the NIV or the New King James Version, but I love this Passion Translation out of James 1, 5, 8. And if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom, and he'll give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Thank you, Jesus. I need it. Just make sure you ask empowered by confident faith without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent person, that means ambivalent adjective, having mixed feelings about something or someone, being unable to choose between two courses of action. So we just get stuck. For the ambivalent person, the stuck person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. When you're half-hearted or wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? I think it's powerful because I want to let you know, church, that when we sit here and we kind of sit between two decisions, we get stuck. Yet it doesn't matter. I want to tell you biblically, just set your eyes towards the thing and go. Because even if it's the wrong directions, I can go back to Romans 8, 28. All things. Come on. I, and what I'm saying, he's going to work all things. 
together for good for those that love the Lord. And if you love the Lord, hey, we're on the same page. So it doesn't matter what decision you're going to go. Just make one. But standing stuck means that you're lacking wisdom, which I want to help today because practically as a church, how many know we need wisdom? Okay, just me. So the other translation in the New King James Version, which I gave the team, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. How many lack wisdom? Let me help you. Let me help you. We all. We all lack wisdom. Otherwise, you're all killing the game, and no one's invited me over to your house. But we, how many know we can all go to the next level in our wisdom? There is no ceiling over our life except the ceiling we put over our life. If you want to know what I'm going through in my life, just read my Instagram. I mean, it's like counseling for me. I don't post so I get followers. I actually post because I'm working it out. Just so you know. It's like I can either sit down and really frustrate my, with my wife or I just post. It helps me. It's very therapeutic, and it's saving me 125 bucks a session. It says, he who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. He who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not a man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord if he is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. So when I got called out, I'm being coached by Keith Craft, Pastor Keith Craft, and amazing. And we were talking about wisdom and, and what it takes to get more wisdom and he said, man, quit reading Proverbs, because I was telling him, man, I, I read Proverbs as much as I can. How many know Proverbs is the book of wisdom? He says, why don't you read the New Testament book of wisdom? I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's that? And he goes, the book of James. I'm like, hello, didn't know that. And so I did a deep dive in the book of James, and how many know that every time I get in that book now, I was like, why, why, why am I so focused on Proverbs? Let's go New Testament. Let's go to some new wineskins, and why not go to the brother of Jesus who hung out with him his whole life? And he's not preaching about Jesus' Savior. He's preaching about his brother. He wasn't a disciple, but he went on to rip the church upside down and flip the world upside down for Jesus because of his views on it. He's very practical in his teaching, but edified and anchored in wisdom. You ready to learn from James today? So I'm gonna give you a little deep dive on it, and then we're gonna actually get to my wisdom, but I wanna give you a little understanding because what I love about him, he didn't believe you could talk your way to heaven. He believed in walking your way to heaven. He wanted to give practical tools that we can apply right now to our life to help us. He didn't want us to get all Spiro. He didn't want us to get all like play the God card at every conversation. He wanted to give practical wisdom and tools to show fruit in your life. And he says, if you don't got the fruit, I'm not gonna listen to you. And he was pretty hard, hard right, right at you saying this. And I love Pastor Jurgen because he's always preaching, hey, just judge our fruit. Just judge our fruit. Not our Yelp reviews, our fruit. People come in and it's like, hey, I'm a, why do you guys teach around the offering every time? Why do you guys press in towards ties? We're just getting biblical truths out there, and sometimes you're pushing on something that we don't want to back down from. What about why can't you just put Holy Spirit down a little bit? No, it's not what we're doing because people need miracles. They need the book of miracles. They need a healing. They need a supernatural church to do supernatural things, so we're not going to back down. So I love this. So he talks about Jesus the glorious Lord who inspires truth, faith, and authentic works. I love that because all throughout the book, he's talking about being authentic, being real, being, hey, don't just be a Sunday Christian. 
This is how it works out and translates to be a Monday through Sunday Christian. And what I love about it, point one, he just, I'm gonna give you these real quick. It's not even my message, it's like the pre-frame to get you warmed up for the wisdom ladder because I believe without the wisdom ladder and without this foundation, what are we gonna lean the ladder on? You know what I'm saying? So four things real quick. Authentic stability. So he's talking about Jesus displayed authentic stability. So faith, what's that mean? When I'm stretched, it doesn't break. Point one, when I'm stretched, it doesn't break. So chapter one was all about saying hello, hey, what's up, church? And then how to handle trials and temptations. Anybody have any trials or temptations in their life? Yeah, the book of James will give you a bunch of revelation how to handle those. So Knowing this, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the temptation, what the trial is, you may be stretched, but you won't break if you know Jesus. Number two, authentic love. So in chapter two, he talks about obedience and action. And so obedience is the key, but he says the faith part of it, when pressed, it doesn't fail. Number three, authentic control. Humility, the fruit of the spirit of self-control. That's chapter three and four, pretty much going through. Watch your tongue. It will affect your heart, which will affect your will. You do have a will. You do have a tongue. You do have a heart. It's you. What comes out of the heart, you're creating by what you're speaking. And he goes in. It's, it's a, real, a lot of wisdom around those three things. If you don't like what you're saying, who you're being, then you got to change some stuff. I saw this quote. I think I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, please tell me I wrote it down. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, yes. You can never talk yourself out of a problem that you behaved yourself into. You can only behave yourself out of a problem you behaved yourself into. And so this is giving you the wisdom of what authentic control humility looks like. So when expressed, it doesn't explode. Number four, the last one of this foundational truth is authentic patience. Chapter five, and in chapter five, he talked a lot about money matters, talked about sickness, about you always don't have to go to a pastor, grab some elders, grab some men, grab some women that know how to pray, and go after and get some people healed up in here, and gives a whole revelation, and he talks about correction. Nobody likes it, but how many know we need it? So it's wisdom on how to apply correction in your life to get back to the point of this part with faith, when distressed, it doesn't panic. So just know, when you're stretched, it doesn't break. When you're pressed, it doesn't fail. When expressed, it doesn't explode. And when distressed, it doesn't panic. How good is that? That's pretty much a synopsis on the book of James. So now you all can go read that book and be like, all right, that's it. I know I'm gonna apply something in this book that's gonna help me. All right, now you ready for my preach, The Wisdom Ladder? Hopefully that will help you, just inspire you. I mean, I know I was inspired above it, and there's so much more. I mean, I just scratched the surface of James for you to at least intrigue you enough to say, and that's it, I wanna go do a deep dive on it because how many know more revelation is what creates transformation in your life, which is what I wanna talk about. See, we get information, we hope to have a revelation, and then we get transformation. So, you know, in the green room and some posters out there, it says the house of transformation. When we pray, we say this is a house of transformation. How many of you know after 13 years, we've, I've seen some people transform their lives up in here? 
So, I mean, I could stand on the fact you should give a clap offering because it's worth it. I know that I've watched people come in completely broken, defeated, and I've watched their entire life transform. And it's not because they got lucky. And if you don't want to know what luck stands for, it's living under correct knowledge. Just to help you if you want to break it down. I got those all day long, people. Okay. So I'm going to give you two words just so you understand. Wisdom is the ability to differentiate between good from best. That's wisdom. There are a lot of times when people say, I have a good life. But are you living your best life? Things might be good in business, but why not epic in business? You might have a good job, but why not a great job? So it's understanding the difference and the ability to differentiate between the two. This is what I love. Discipline plus wisdom equals self-leadership. We've had a pastor in here, Pastor Dale Bronner, man, that guy. Every time he comes in, I leave because part of my brain is on the floor and I have to go pick it up. And I've been listening to his podcasts, and every time it's like, that, that's enough meat and potatoes to only listen to like one a month. I have to go like decompress. He showed up at one of our conferences and held a pencil. And he gave this whole sermon based on a pencil that I still review like every other month. Come on, Daddy. I remember, you and I are still processing that pencil. But it's amazing. This guy can drop it. But he talks about self-leadership. And self-leadership is one of these things that isn't talked about enough in the church because everybody's out there looking for leadership, leadership, leadership. But what about self-leadership? Because if we can't have self-leadership, then why are we going to try and find somebody else? Why can't we just apply discipline and wisdom in our own life? So real quick, I'll touch on discipline, and then we're going to get into wisdom. But it talks about self-discipline moves to self-control, which leads to self-discovery, which leads to self-confidence, then leads to self-competence, which leads to self-mastery. So there's this whole just chain of how do we become masters at anything? And what I want to tell you, I love this quote, uh, gifts, so we all have gifts. How many know that you were born with a gift? You may not know that, but God gave each one of us a gift. Now, when we discipline that gift, it becomes a talent. Tiger Woods, he had a gift. His daddy disciplined him enough to develop that into a talent. And when talents become competencies, how many know he got good? Competencies become monetized. So I taught on this last week. Just saying, you can have a gift, but if you lift that gift, I love who said it. It was like Tebow or something. You know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So people can get a gift and just do some of that gifting, but they never develop that gift into a greater talent, and then that talent never becomes a competency, and that competency can never be monetized. And so they stay broke, and then they wonder why. But God gave every one of us a gift. My question is, are we developing that gift that he's given us? Maybe it's a gift to preach the gospel. Maybe it's a gift to be in the marketplace. Maybe it's a gift to be an incredible mother. Maybe it's a gift to be whatever it is. I want to be the best dad there is. I want to develop that gift. How many know if I develop that gift, it will become a talent? I want my kids going, Dad, you're so talented. My gift right now is not wake surfing. It's not a talent nor a gift, and no one's going to pay me any money to watch me do it. <laughs> Beaver Fleming, on the other hand, just got like killed it, went to the X Games, works on that gift, goes after fear, prays, and he just got, I don't know, what was it, fifth place at the X Games yesterday? 
Come on. And he had the single record best day yesterday. So he broke every record, but yet it's accumulation of stuff that adds up. So he got fifth overall. But this is the top skaters in the world, and a guy from this church got fifth. How many know that he's working that gift into a talent? Go Beaver Fleming. So I love this, that there's two sides to the coin of uh, the pain of, uh, the coin of pain. Uh, it's regret and discipline. Regret is, I wish I would have done it. Discipline is, it sucks, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> Every time Mitch shows up at my house on Monday, how many know I don't want to work out with him? <laughs> Discipline gets me through. It hasn't paid off yet, but I'm knowing I'm getting there. Because <laughs> regret would be diabetes. Listen, I, and I take it serious because my dad didn't discipline himself, and now he just had a triple bypass. And now he's on the pain of regret, struggling. How many knows that he has to change his whole lifestyle, but he wants to live? But he wasn't willing to do it beforehand, so he got diabetes, let his health go. Didn't know any of this. He didn't, I didn't even know. And so it's fascinating to know that where discipline weighs in ounces, regret, regret weighs in tons. James 2.17. Thus also by faith itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well, but even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? That means you can have a revelation that God is real, but if we're not applying wisdom to our life, we're never gonna see the fruit in our life. And that's why this, this part is so important because I want to teach you this wisdom ladder that we can all get transformation in our life, that we can all have breakthrough in our life, that we can all go to the next level in our life if we're willing to apply different levels of wisdom. Now, on a ladder, I want you just to think about yourself. Where, which rung maybe are you getting stuck on? Every, everyone, listen, I need a taller ladder to go to a bigger roof. How many know that's true? So the same ladder I used in my condo is a different ladder now that I have a two-story house, okay? And so these ladders, you might need to exchange out, but they all have the same rungs, and sometimes we have to get to our destination quicker or longer, or that ladder's a bigger reach. And so just apply it where you're at, because how many know I don't want to be the same man? I definitely know I'm not the same man I was 13 years ago when I came to C3, I'm not the same man I was five years ago. I'm not the same man I was two years ago, and I don't want to be the same man in three years from now, five years, ten years from now. And so, therefore, I have to apply different levels of wisdom to keep having transformation in my life, or I'll get stuck in where the enemy wants us to, that's complacency. And we're not meant to live a complacent life. God is going to stretch us. That's why I love Amy's tithe message. My capacity now is way different. If you would have told me I'd be doing all these different things five years ago, I'd have been like, <laughs> you're crazy. But how many know God gave me different revelational wisdom along the way to handle my capacity? And now it seems like, what else could I do? Yeah, calm down. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> Don't freak my wife out. So here's what it starts with, just to give you the understanding. So all of us, when you're passionate about something, okay, passion is what leads to something. When I'm passionate, when I got passionate about my field of chiropractic, how many know I went and found information about it? 
When you become passionate about finances, how many know you're gonna go study finances? When you get passionate about leadership, you're gonna go study leadership. When you get passionate about Fortnite, how many know you're gonna go study Fortnite? It doesn't matter, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you're passionate about, okay, when I, when I started flying, I started to become passionate about like, man, I'm gonna own my own plane. And it was amazing, the hours. I always used to say, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. But how many know then suddenly I had time to start flying? And then all of a sudden I had time to go look at planes all the time and go to air shows. And suddenly I had time to take my instrument rating. And suddenly I had time. You know what I mean? It's like I was so busy until I got passionate about something. And then I found the time. So when you're passionate, it leads you to next rung, finding information. When you find that information, the next rung is maturation. And what that means, you're maturing on it, you're learning from it, you're applying it. That's the next rung. See, if you just go get information that you never learn it, how many know you can make some mistakes? So now here's the interesting part. In that learning and applying of maturation, of that information that you got, because now you're passionate about it, you then get intellectual wisdom. And I can't tell you that as a Christian, for 30 plus years, I was stuck in intellectual wisdom. I had knowledge, and I felt like I was always stuck. With that knowledge, I go to church when I want or when my mom was gonna call me. I learned in business that I would get to the point where I would get information, I would mature on it, I'd learn it, apply it, I'd get intellectual wisdom. But how many know you can get stuck on intellectual wisdom all the time? I see this in the church more than I see it anywhere. It's almost like we get nervous about personal development. We get nervous to come to men's or women's prayer. We get nervous because we say, oh, I don't know, so we don't feel comfortable going the next, so we'll just stick with our intellect because that makes sense to us. But anything that doesn't make sense or gonna stretch us or gonna maybe make us get uncomfortable, we rather stick to the comfortability of intellectual wisdom, knowledge. But what I'm telling you, the next rung is knowledge applied. It's called experiential wisdom. See, this is where when you stretch yourself, you start to have greater levels of experience. I would come to men's prayer. I would see things. I'd watch people get prayed for. I'd watch them fall over. I'd watch them, you know, lots of things happen to men's prayer, all which I was experiencing next level that some of it I couldn't even explain. That's where I was having experiential wisdom that I would be praying about it. I would take that experience and I'd have a new intellectual construct around that experiential wisdom. See, what happens is when you grow up a Christian your whole life and it's just a safe Christianity and a lot of intellectual properties around that wisdom, but I never experienced people getting healed until my good friend, Pastor John, got healed. How many know that messes up your ladder of wisdom? See, that's the thing with the supernatural. It's presence week. We have a presence conference, yet sometimes it makes us uncomfortable because you might press into something that is outside your mindset of intellectual wisdom. See, experiential wisdom is where you start to experience supernatural things. In that supernatural wisdom of experiential wisdom takes us to the next one where it's the Holy Spirit gives us revelational wisdom. Now, here's what I wanna tell you. I'm gonna give you the whole thing now. It's passion to information to maturation to intellectual wisdom where I see a lot of people get stuck. We then go to experiential wisdom where God enlarges our territory, but it's in that enlarging our territory where two things happen. 
we can get nervous and shrink back to the intellect or we could step into revelational wisdom. If you don't have the Holy Spirit infused in you, I'm gonna tell you, I don't care how smart you are, you're not gonna step into revelational wisdom. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life to step into revelational wisdom and that is where transformation occurs. So people can say, I'm passionate, I'm gonna transform the world. But if they're not on the right wisdom ladder, they're gonna be tapped into something but not, not be the right source. Wow. I've watched a lot of people mess with Ouija boards and mess with that sort of thing. They're getting some sort of wisdom, but I promise you, it's not the one you wanna be tapped into. And I wanna tell you, it's a real thing and the church isn't talking about it. The one thing I love about C3, they are talking about it. We're not afraid to back down on the supernatural. We're not afraid to back down on praying for people, getting them delivered, seeing signs and wonders. When people have a revelational experience, then guess what? You can't shrink back and ever play the same. And I'm telling you, as a church, as we go on to win a city, take a city, how many of you know we want to live in revelational wisdom? Because that is what equals transformation. I've never met a person in this house that's had transformation without walking this same path. And I think it helps us as a church if we understand that God will direct our steps. And if we understand the ladder that he's directing us on, going back to the book of James and searching for that wisdom, if we can start to apply all these things and have a real conversation with where we're at, how many know we can go to that next level? Only a couple of you. Okay. So how do I apply biblical wisdom? Well, one, I address my inconsistencies. I want to be able to walk my talk. What happens is so many times that if I'm just an intellectual, I need to go to experiential, and I need to have, where are my blind spots? Where are my weak spots? I'm just telling you this is what I did to apply biblical wisdom. I love this. Um, you know, Keith Craft wrote this book called Your Divine Fingerprint. See, there's a fingerprint that you and I have that no one else can ever leave. That's what you have a gift that no one else has. It's gonna show up in a different way. Many people have gifts, but they're gonna be expressed differently. And here's what I love. They're fingerprints, they're tiny ridges, whirls and valleys and patterns on the tip of each finger. They form from pressure on a baby's tiny developing fingers in the womb that start at week nine and take until week 32 to complete. Is that not insane? Once that liver started, that thing just, that heart, but a fingerprint from week nine to 32, developing your unique fingerprint. It's so fascinating to think about it. They say fingerprints are even more unique than DNA. DNA is the genetic material in each one of our cells, and your fingerprint is more advanced than DNA. That's what's so insane about it, knowing that you all have a unique fingerprint, and God wants you to leave it on this earth. What are you touching? What are you doing? And how are we applying this wisdom to our life? Come on. So how do we apply this and find out where we're stuck? Number one is look at my inconsistencies and start there. Apply this ladder to our inconsistencies. Number two, believe in yourself and your ability to change. Jesus said, I'm a new creation. That's called revelational, if you understand this. We can beat ourselves up so often. We can get stuck in a cycle. We can beat ourselves up with shame, with guilt. See, the Holy Spirit might convict us. That's different. 
You want the Holy Spirit to convict you, so you know, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that thing. But even if you did that thing, God's got enough grace for you. And I wanna tell you in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in what? Christ. You know Jesus. He is a new creation. A what? Thank you. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is revelational teaching. I want you to understand that. Because you can, you have to get to the point where you believe in yourself. No matter how many backslides, no matter how many slip-ups, no matter how bad you've made business deals, you've lost money, just know that you're a new creation. Every single day, repent and just say, Jesus, give me more revelational wisdom. See, my intellectual wisdom, how many know it's got me in trouble in wisdom? I mean, not wisdom, in marriage. I was trying to avoid that word. <laughs> my intellectual wisdom, I thought, oh, I'm gonna be the best husband ever. But how many know I need Jesus to show me how to better love my wife, to not make stupid decisions based on my knowledge, which then if I just stick to my own knowledge, I'm gonna say something. How many know I'm gonna have a different experience? So then from my experiential wisdom, how many know I better change that intellectual construct, that I'm gonna try to come with a new experience. But how many know I'm just gonna keep going around the same mountain until I have a revelation on how to love my wife? It's gonna help somebody. The same application. If you keep losing money, if you keep going into debt, if you're still broke, if you haven't gone after your dream house, and you're a son or daughter of the king, how many know we're called to take territory? It is for everybody against popular belief. But you gotta believe in yourself and your ability to change because Jesus says, if I'm in you, you're a new creation. How many know that's a good promise to have? It's so true. And number three, I model the behavior I wanna see in others. I don't wanna tell people what to do. I don't wanna tell people to work hard. Guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna work hard. I don't wanna tell men to come to 5.30 a.m. prayer. Guess what I wanna do? I wanna come. I wanna model the behavior I wanna see in others. See. Because I've learned this, and along the way I've applied it to my life, I've had revelation being at C3 in this house. Soil matters. I'm under a covering. I've watched myself work things out to have a greater level of wisdom in my life. Now, like I said, I'm not where I want to be. So I still press in. I still ask God to reveal blind spots. How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better daddy? How can I be a better businessman, a better employer, a better, these are all the things I press into all the time because I wanna see better fruit in those areas. And from that fruit, I wanna apply it and teach it, but I wanna model that behavior first. See, Jesus never talked about the problem. He prayed the solution, but he modeled it. That's what's so amazing. What, what are we gonna model as a Christian? What are we afraid of? It was amazing. I, we were just at the river yesterday, and I met these amazing people, and they could be in this service for all I know, but we had this great conversation because we were modeling how to do the sandbar epically more than they were, and they wanted to come over and chat with us and talk to us, and by the end of it, they're like, you know what? We want to come to your church. Now, they'll probably be at the 11 or the 5, but they are definitely coming. What's going to be shocking is I never said I was a pastor. And I, and I beat him in every game we played. So it's going to be a little shocking. And if you're here, I'm going to buy you a coffee because that's what I'll do. But I'm telling you, we had this incredible conversation because we were modeling behavior at a sandbar different than most other people. 
but they saw the light and they wanted to be that because I'm walking this thing called living the transformed life out based on the wisdom ladder of what God is downloading us, not based on more intellectual knowledge about Jesus, not based on more intellectual reading about James, not based on more, no, no, no. I've had enough experiences in this house that gave me enough revelational things about this house where I started off coming to church once on a Sunday. But because of my experiences, I said, I want a revelation on who Jesus is. Because I've watched the fruit of someone modeling it before me called Pastor Jurgen, walking in faith, living out bold, courageous faith, I want what he has. And so in that living, in that revelational wisdom space, I therefore had transformation in my life. If you've not yet encountered transformation, I would ask, where are you stuck? on the wisdom ladder. I see a lot of people passionate about things and they don't even have information yet. I see a lot of people that get information, then they mature on that information and I call them, they get stuck in analysis paralysis, double-minded in all they do. Do I go this way or that way, this way or that way? And they get locked in fear of not knowing what the next step is. And if that's today where you're at, listen, we're going to pray against that spirit of fear because there is a real thing that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And it says biblically, if we go back to the very front in James, it's just saying, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. He'll give you whatever you need. But it says don't doubt. Doubt is worse than making a decision to go this way or that way. See, Jesus can correct our decisions, but if you're stuck in doubt, he's got, well, he's gonna wait till you move. When you move, he moves. So what sort of revelation do you need today? You know, it's amazing that the more we read the Bible, the more we see how much grace Jesus had for us, the more we can realize we don't need to beat ourselves up. Sometimes the enemy will come in and plant that seed of doubt in our life. And with that seed of doubt is where we start getting stuck in what am I going to do with my life? What's my purpose of my life? Just take one step. Be afraid and step anyways. God's going to meet you with where you're at. He'll create every new thing to give you more wisdom. And you can wake up with a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more revelation. But I'll tell you one thing that matters. Who you're around matters. It's amazing the intellectual wisdom I had or lack thereof when I was always hanging out with this one friend. He's now saved and listen to the podcast, so I'm not going to mention his name. But I love him. But you know that every time I was around him, I made some stupid choices based on the intellectual wisdom I had at the time. The time I wrecked my motorcycle, I was with him. The time I wrecked my car, I was with him. The time he invited me to every party and I said yes, I was with him, that I made dumb choices. The time that I made dry ice bombs and almost got arrested, I was with him. I look back at all the lack of intellectual wisdom I had, but at the time that was the information I had and I kept applying it and having the experience that I did not want for my life. It took me leaving my town to go to college where I thought I was making better choices. But I just got around the same people making dumb choices, 
yet they were smarter than those because I never got arrested. I just learned the habit of wasting a lot of money. And so I built up these other habits due to the intellectual wisdom at the time. And I was having a experience that I didn't want to have. I just built up debt in my life. It wasn't until I got to this house, to the right modeling, the most incredible friends, bold faith, that I started living with a different intellectual wisdom, experience a different experiential wisdom, having revelation in my life for the first time that led to transformation. And if God could do it for me, he can do it for you. This isn't even an impartation of something supernatural right now. It's just understanding where we're at, where we're stuck, and where we want to go. And God says, if you ask for it, I'll give it to you. And so today, my only point that matters is that we keep asking for the next rung on the ladder that God will get us to the same place of transformation. And transformation five years ago looked different than transformation today. Transformation of five years from now is going to look different than it is even last week. There is no ceiling in the kingdom except this, the ceiling that we apply in our life. And today, what the devil wants to do is make sure that you don't hear this word. He wants to make sure that you don't get set free, that you are stuck in bondage, that you are stuck in limited beliefs, that you are stuck in fear. He does not want you to have the revelation that all things are possible. He doesn't want you to have the revelation that there's a practicality of working your faith out, that you can have all the faith in the world, but you need to apply some wisdom so you get the works of it, because James is trying to tell us, I love this, and read it, 2.17. If you don't have the works, your faith is gonna die. And when I started this whole thing, I wanted to tell you, when I'm stretched, it doesn't break, that's faith. When it's pressed, it doesn't fail, that's faith. When it's expressed, it doesn't explode, that's faith. When it's distressed, it doesn't panic, that's faith. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.